Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on O-Face Wrestling. This is your host JT, and today we're joined by special co-host Krista B. How you doing today, Krista? Hey, I'm fine. How are you? Doing pretty good. So um, let everyone know a little bit about your podcast, Those Wrestling Girls. So Those Wrestling Girls was created by me and my lovely co-host slash friend, Miss Queen PR, and it basically talks about all the realness that goes on wrestling especially in women's wrestling that's why we started for everybody to have that focus on women's wrestling um we talk about things from misogyny to um spotlight episodes we just did an amazing spotlight episode with dana brooke we showcased more of the underdog we talk about um main events recaps predictions anything you want to hear is what we talk about well, there y'all go. If you're a, not just a big fan of wrestling, if you have a high um, focus on the women's wrestling, there's someone you want to check out. They, you can find them on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, they're on there. And everywhere. they are also everywhere. They are both um, very engaging on Twitter. So if you want to chat with them during Monday Night Raw, SmackDown Live, or the pay-per-views, they will be on there. That's so. Right. So, Krista, today we're going to talk about the women's revolution from the very beginning. Now, um, a lot of people have their own opinions on when the revolution actually started. Some people Mm -hmm. say it's when Stephanie McMahon brought up Becky, Charlotte, and Sasha. Others say it was, you know, the big pipe bomb by AJ Lee. But in your opinion, when do you think the women's revolution started? I think the women's revolution started with Paige and AJ Lee, but I think it was magnified when Stephanie brought up the NXT girls. Yeah, because when so, she brought it up, that's when she officially announced it right. as like the revolution and all that. Right, but with AJ Lee and Paige, I feel like with that pipe bomb that AJ Lee did, she was right in some sense, where it was like she was like the real wrestler, like after Beth Phoenix and Michelle McCool, like after they they kind of transitioned out, it was like mostly AJ Lee, and she really didn't have that much of a competition. And then Paige came up on her first day and became Divas champion. And then that riff was actually a good dynamic. But then again, people started to get tired, started to get tired of seeing it. So they just wanted something else. But that pipe bomb, I do feel like she had some valid points. Like she did work hard. She did get her um her way to the make her way to the top for actually wrestling and working hard and showing off you know, her actual skills instead of her assets. A lot of the other divas at the time, they were showing more so of their assets and their bodies and things like that. And don't get me wrong, when AJ Lee first came on, she was a, she was also one in a bikini and things like that. But she decided to trade her bikini in for, Chuck, for Chuck Taylor's and literally kick everybody's ass. I hope I could curse him, I'm sorry. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I feel like she and then Paige came and literally like upped her one and it was just like between those two who can catch the brass ring first. Yeah, exactly. And like the really cool thing about it was AJ was on the main roster and Paige was in NXT. So they right. both had, you know, the spotlight on them. And, and I definitely have to agree with you on all that because the one thing is like prior to Paige and AJ, it was all about divas and, you know, the models and the good looking girls now, I mean, honestly, Paige and AJ are very pretty, but they're not your typical, you know, like models and all. They're more of the wrestling hard workers. And they they came to wrestling, you know, and, you know, defeated all odds. I mean, you know, nobody really expected them to do anything, especially AJ. Like, she came up as, you know, the quiet, shy girlfriend of Daniel Bryan. And just she just kept, you know, with her character work, that's where, you know, it first started, whether she was such a good character then she did that like psycho chick kind of thing and then it just caught on and then you know she's a diva's champion and you know she had a really good feud with Caitlyn a lot of people you know forget about that feud that was that was you know the first feud that she had as a champion and then that's when after that she did the pipe bomb and just that pipe bomb was so strong and it like it really like you know got me into like the whole storyline because everything she said was true yeah I don't know if that was scripted or if it was, hey, go out there and say what's on your mind, like kind of like CM. But it just felt so real because everything she said was true. Like she didn't have, you know, the looks. She didn't, you know, she didn't come from a wrestling family. She didn't like, as she said, suck up to other people. Like she got to where she got because she was good. And that's the same thing with Paige. Like, you know, she had that kind of like goth look to her. 
you know, I'm surprised that WWE even signed her because of that look. Because I, I heard stories like I don't know if you um ever listen to like any podcast or anything like with Ember Moon. Like she got denied like two or three times from WWE, not because she wasn't good enough. They said she didn't have the diva look. So AJ and Paige were the first two non, you know, typical divas to actually not just come up but have success. Right. That I opened mean, the I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm surprised that um they were also chosen. But I think with NXT, I feel like there's a little bit more leeway because of the fact that NXT was just starting to branch out as to be more of a something that you can do in a performance center, but they weren't allowed on allow on network TV. They gave them more of a free reign. So with Paige, yes, she was pretty and she did have this gothic look and she didn't um, show her body in a bikini and things like that. But it was mostly of a pure talent. And I feel like Triple H has soul say so over NXT by itself um, that he was just like, no, she's good. And I feel like he had to convince Vince, like, you need to put her on the main roster because she's really that damn good. And with AJ Lee, like I said, yeah, AJ Lee is very pretty. It's just that she's short. But you threw her in a, they threw her in a bikini, and I guess that's what kind of sold them over before she started to show off her talent. Yeah, I remember that, too. Um, I think she actually did something like that, too, like when she got more popular, like she did the whole, like, bikini thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, she, like they said, they both just overcame the odds. And then like, as for, like, NXT, like, you know, you that was Nets Triple H's thing and Triple H – you know, him being a wrestler and Vince McMahon, like he wasn't a wrestler. He's always been like a businessman. So he looks at it, oh, you know, these eye candy, look at these really gorgeous girls. Let's put them on TV and market them and all that kind of stuff. Triple H being a wrestler, you know, he focused on, you know, the wrestling aspect, things in NXT. And like with Paige, she just got really popular. She got really over with the fans. And like you said, you know, he definitely had to convince Vince McMahon, you know, to bring her up and like, when she came up, it was kind of like mixed feelings. Like I love that she came up and easily won the Divas title. That was really cool. And, and that's what the fans wanted too. Cause you know, before they even touched each other, the fans were chanting, this is awesome. Right. But, but my one thing is with Vince McMahon, when you bring these characters from NXT to the main roster, he changes them to his liking. Like in NXT page was, you know, the badass she comes up to the main roster and, you know, AJ's thrown out a challenge and she's like, oh, no, I'm not ready. You know, that's not the page in NXT. So Vince McMahon still kind of likes to tweak them in, you know, certain ways. And now we're kind of see, seeing that he's actually kind of giving these guys more, you know, what they were doing in NXT, you know, because, like, you know, just if you even, like, count the men, like Ricochet, he's the same person that he was in NXT. And, right. you know, so it's like, we're starting to see more of, you know, Triple H having more control, but, you know, unfortunately, like, Vince still kind of holds people back. Yeah, a lot. Like, me and P actually talks about how Vince is, uh, in a few episodes that we've had, how Vince is just so stuck in his ways, how he believes in, like, the blondes are the right way to go, and it's just, like, you have to literally be open-minded when it comes down to situations like these because a lot of these females put their heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears into this, and they don't even get the, half of the recognition that they're supposed to. Like, for example, Naomi and um, Adrian, when they were the Funkadactyls, <laughs> they were mostly dancing. And Naomi is a really great wrestler. Like, she's one of the most athletic women of this time, of this generation, of this revolution, and she doesn't get as much recognition as she's supposed to be getting. Exactly. And she has that really cool entrance, too. Like, that's something that you would want to showcase a little more. Especially, right. like, imagine doing something like that at WrestleMania, like having, like, a special, like, glow-in-the-dark entrance. Like, that would be freaking phenomenal to see. I believe she had one, no? Not yet? Uh, she's always been on the pre-show, like, ever since she's done this whole glow thing. I could have sworn she had one at this year's WrestleMania. Well, I was just so happy to be there. Everything just started it, to blend with each other. I think it was like two years ago when she won the SmackDown women's title at WrestleMania. That's yeah, probably Florida. She, because I know not this most uh, most recent, but the one before she won the 
women's battle royal match, which was on the pre-show. But this most recent one, I think she was in that same match again. But I feel like she had an entrance because, you know, some of them have entrances and some of them uh, don't. I feel like I hers was to, one of them that has an entrance, but we'll definitely think, double check. Yeah, the only thing is, you know, the pre-shows early in the day said so there's a lot of light, so you can't really, you know, do that whole glow-in-the-dark thing. Yeah, you're right. But like what you're saying with Vince, like I agree, like he's been doing this for so long. And I think, you know, part of it, I think he's just mentally burnt out. You know, he's, you know, from what I heard, he doesn't get a lot of sleep. And like I said, he's been doing this for so long. I just don't think, you know, the motor's running properly. And, you know, he's like you said, he's stuck in his way. He and I feel like we're kind of at that point, like in the mid 90s when WWE wasn't doing good or WWF at the time. You know, and he was still like stuck in his ways with those 80 kind of characters and all. Then eventually, you know, the, you know, he saw that the fans want, you know, the attitude. They want the controversy and all that, you know, stuff that you saw in the attitude there. That's when the attitude there got successful. Now we're in that kind of day and age where fans want the wrestling. They want to see the best wrestlers go out there and do what they do best, which is, you know, why AEW is getting all this momentum right now because that's what they're doing. Right. When they, yeah, and then NXT, like, that's very successful because they focus on the wrestling. They don't overthink things. They, it's very simple. The storylines are simple, and, you know, and that's what they need to do on the main roster, too, because sometimes they think and do too much. Right. You're absolutely right. Um, I was reading something earlier where it said that Vince knows that creative that the creative um, pushes back, but I feel like he doesn't know what direction to go into so having Paul Heyman kind of step in and be executive director I feel like it's a good move because Paul Heyman if you watch like all the backstage stuff and things of that nature Paul Heyman is very is very a very big fan of all the women and how they're evolving from AJ to and Paige all the way up until now so I feel like these women actually have a fighting and growing chance to be come even bigger than what they are yeah, I hope so. I mean, I know he's really good with creative. Supposedly, years ago during the brand extension, he was in charge of the creative for SmackDown. And I heard he did really well, but it, he left that role. Something to do with not getting along with it. Either Triple H or Vince McMahon. It was one of them. But I do trust that he will, you know, make WWE a better product for both men and women. Just, you know, we'll have to see in time. I mean, last week, the wrestling was great. But Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Let's see them do that every week constantly. Like, that's the big test that, you know, we need to see. Right. I agree with you on that. So, like, going back to, like, the women's revolution, like we said, we talked about AJ Lee and Paige. What are some of the other big moments for you that happened earlier in the women's revolution? Well, of course, the calling of, of um, Becky, Sasha, and Charlotte. Um, and then the calling up of Becky when Mick Foley called up. Um, I'm not Becky. I'm sorry. Bailey at the, the role after SummerSlam. If it wasn't that year, it was the year after because I was definitely in a crowd for that at Barclay Center. Um, I liked the... I liked how we got to see the women actually wrestle more. I like how WWE was in tune with how the, re the women's revolution was affecting other sports like soccer and basketball at the time. And they was like, no, we have to be in this same way as well. Um... I what else do I remember? The triple threat match between Becky, Sasha, and um Charlotte at WrestleMania. That oh, was yeah. a great match. I was so mad that Sasha didn't win. I was really like I had it in my head that she was gonna win. I, I, just, I didn't think Charlotte was gonna, you know, be champion anymore because she was, you know, the Divas. The Divas champion. So I thought, you know, she was done and I didn't see Becky as one in at the time. So I was like, okay, well, it's definitely Sasha. She had all that momentum. The fans, you know, chant, we want Sasha. I was so mad when she lost. Yeah, me too. Only because Ric Flair held her legs. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. But like, um, yeah, like. Also, another part, I think Bree's retirement match at WrestleMania played a big part in the women's revolution because it was like the ending of that diva era and the True. beginning of the women's revolution even though you know Brie, Nikki and Alicia Fox were the ones that had you know the women from NXT called on them mm -hmm. you know it was team bad team PCB and then team Bella but yeah I feel like that match kind of was just like okay a passing of a torch match mm -hmm. and um even 
taking out the silly girls like Summer Rae, the most hated Eva Marie, um, <laughs> even Emma. I mean, I loved Emma, but I and I don't I don't feel like she should have left or should have quit or got fired or whatever the case may be. But I feel like that's also part of women's revolution. Is like, are they gonna be serious and perform and bring in these numbers or bring in these amount of fans or you know you have to go and I feel like that that put lit a fire under the other women behind Mm -hmm. just so that they can you know motivate and do more to have the crowd intrigue exactly and like with Emma they just missed you know they did not book her correctly at all and then I know when they were trying to do like that Emma Lena character with her and supposedly like she was not into it at all backstage and I think they kind of you know use that as like a punishment you know because her when she was aligned with Dana Brooke were they aligned together on the main roster or was it just NXT they were aligned together on NXT and then I believe that once Emma turned heel she was just kind of bashing her in a sense oh you went from Charlotte you went from me to Charlotte remember I had you first and you know, it was things more so of that nature. I don't remember if they were actually lined together um, in the main roster. I think she was with Charlotte, and then once Charlotte kicked her to the curb, it was, like, more of a taunting. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that was a shame. Like, I don't know if she was released or you know, quit, but, you know, she definitely deserved better. I'm actually kind of, you know, hoping that she goes to AEW soon. I think Me that too. she'll be utilized pretty good there. Me too. And I know, you, like you mentioned, Bailey. Do you remember when uh, Bailey came up just for that one time match at Battleground, the team up with Sasha? Yeah, that was yeah, a that good was match. Seeing, uh, Sasha's reaction to her coming out that was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was a great match. Yeah, that was a really, really great match. And like, definitely for me, like with the women's revolution, like it was kind of like you know in NXT and the main roster at the same time. But they were doing so much in uh, NXT with like. You had that uh, Charlotte and Sasha feud. Then you had that, you know, four horsemen fatal four way. And then, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of people forget that Sasha versus Becky match at TakeOver Unstoppable. That was really good. At the time, that was my favorite women's match. And then, of course, that match gets topped at the NXT uh, TakeOver Brooklyn with Sasha, with Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, that, like, I did not see that in Bailey like I knew she was a good wrestler but I didn't think she was that good and Bailey comp- went ham like she just went she just put on a whole nother mask and then just like went ape shit and I was just like oh my gosh like people know that I'm a wrestling fan and people who are not wrestling fans came to me and was like oh my gosh that match between Bailey and Sasha was amazing and I'm just like I thought you didn't watch wrestling it's like no I just is literally that was literally the talk of all weekend that that year yeah, like that had that match had me off my you know off my feet. Like I was jumping, stomping. Like that was such a good match, and like just seeing the ending when they all four stood tall together, that was such a moment. I wish they would have had that kind of moment at um WrestleMania. Like everyone was thinking that you know Sasha and Bailey were going to retain their titles, and then they were going to come you know out after the main event, and then them all four stand tall. But that was a moment that they uh kind of messed up they should have they done dropped the ball on that i yeah. feel like with that that will have to cause speculation of a four horsewoman versus four horsewoman match which i am dying to see so yeah. i need ronda to come back and i need the other three horsewomen of mma to come up and do something because and sasha needs to come back now too because yes, definitely. i am like just dying for that match if you go back to our other episodes I I swear I mentioned that match at least once or twice within an episode because it really bugs me. Like, that would be such a big draw and it will be such a big moment for women. Like, it, it wouldn't would. even... Like, it will be the first women's faction versus women's faction in a sense. Like, an actual faction. Yes. Do you want to hear my prediction on how that match is going to start? Yes. Please. So, I'm, I think that... Ronda will come back and have a match versus Becky at SummerSlam. And then the the other three um, horsemen of UFC, I think they will come debut at SummerSlam and help Ronda win, which um, will make her the Raw Women's Champion again. And then, of course, you know, Becky, she'll recruit her buddies and that will be a, you know, we'll get that eight 
eight-women tag team match, hopefully at Evolution 2 if they do it. If not, they may build it up for a while and do it at WrestleMania. They need to do an Evolution 2. They cannot just have one Evolution and think that nobody's going to um expect another one because we're, we're fiending for another one as well. Like, he and I just pray every day that, you know, we get a, another women Evolution. Yeah, I read something about that that WWE was debating on if they wanted to do it. It all depended on Ronda Rousey and her status because they feel like if she's not, you know, going to be competing at that event, then there won't be enough star power, you know, like to sell out the stadium and all that. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah, I don't think it's true either. I think, you know, them being a business, they don't want to take a chance, but I don't know. I mean... Did it sell out when you? Cause I know you and uh Patricia went. Did it sell out when you were there? It did. Um, okay. It was amazing when we went. At first, it was like history in the making because, you know, we that was our very first all women's pay per view, and for us just to showcase for them just to showcase the women and for us as those wrestling girls to be there to witness it in person, it was like monumental. Mm-hmm. Um. We had an amazing time. We got to see the legends, the people that we grew up watching, Molly Holly, Ivory, Tristan Lita, um, and the people that we love, the Bellas. I lo- I'm personally a Ronda Rousey fan um, because Ronda, ever since her first match at WrestleMania and, and then on, she's been fighting. Every match she's done from WrestleMania with Kurt Angle all the way up to this year's WrestleMania, she's always improved on her style, on her matches, on her moves that nobody can ever say she hasn't. Yeah, she definitely did improve. I know at first they were really careful with how they booked her in the matches, which was smart. You know, you got to, you know, showcase her strength and hide her weaknesses, and that's exactly what they did. And then finally, when she got to the Royal Rumble, her match with Sasha, which, in my opinion, her best match, you know, in the one year that she was with WWE, that match was great. Right. Yes, yes, it was. Oh, my gosh, it was. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite. I really, if she does come back, I won't argue if they compete again. Maybe but yeah, I feel she like definitely, she's Ronda, so serious, though. Yeah, I feel like Rhonda actually had a fight with every horsewoman except for Bailey. No, she competed against Bailey on Raw. Yes, I, I yes, don't know she if did. it was before or after Royal Rumble, but she did have a match she with did, Bailey. Yeah. The only thing is, like, she never had a one on one with Becky. And then her match with Charlotte, you know, ended with the DQ, so it wasn't a decisive ended with that. I think she has to come back for that because, yeah, she's never had a one-on-one with Becky. Yes, that, that's what everyone wanted, too. Like, that was such a good storyline. And, like, I get why they threw Charlotte in there because of, you know, it adds extra star power. And plus, it adds for a better match because you know, we know that uh, Charlotte and Becky together have a lot of chemistry. So it guaranteed, you know, a much better quality match because if Ronda and Becky went in there in the main event, and the match really wasn't that good, the fans would not be happy. So, you know, throwing Charlotte in there was just kind of the smart move. But I think that uh, they definitely got to give us that one-on-one match sometime. You know, what, it could be Evolution 2 or whatever, but, I mean, we definitely got to get that one. So, um, as far as, you know, like the Women's Revolution, all their first-time matches, which was your favorite out of the Hell in a Cell with Sasha and Charlotte? the first ever women's Royal Rumble, the first ever women's Elimination Chamber, and then also the Money in the Bank. Which one was your favorite? Whew. Damn, you put me on the spot like that. Um, I love the Women's Royal Rumble because it actually gave women that chance to actually showcase and be like, yeah, we could be like the men. But I would have to say um, the Sasha and Charlotte and Helen Nassau. That was a good match. Also, their false count anywhere match too. Yeah, that had a really good ending with Sasha. I think she was bleeding out of the nose, but she had it pouring down her face. Like that was kind of like that Steve and Austin. She, yeah, and she won, and Ric Flair actually came out and raised her hand. If I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah, we were thinking of different matches. I was thinking huh. of the um the last man standing or no, yeah. the Iron Man match, my bad. The Iron, Iron Man match. Yeah, Mine was the false count in the red match. Yeah, I totally forgot about that match when she uh, submitted Charlotte on the guardrail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was, was an amazing match. That was a 
good match. That whole storyline, like they were having these matches main event wrong. Those were like the best ones still. Yeah, but I think it's between that one and that Helen. So I feel like Sasha and Charlotte just give the best matches. They tell the best stories. Um, yeah. And that was like one, even though the feud was repetitive, like, okay, Sasha and Bill, Sasha and um, Charlotte are fighting again. They gave us more, like they always topped themselves with that match. Always. Like they always topped themselves with that feud. I was sad to kind of see it go. Like I feel like that's just one feud I could keep watching over and over and over again. Um, but um, they just give the best matches to me out of that four horsewomen group. Them two, they just put on perform the best matches when it comes down to feuding. But the Hell in the Cell is definitely my favorite match between them. Yeah, I think that's my favorite one too out of all of them. I mean, I was the most hyped for the Royal Rumble match just because you know that was a, like a really really big deal. Yeah, but that women's Hell in a Cell match that just wasn't the first ever women's Hell in a Cell. That also was the first time women main evented a main roster pay per view. Yep, and then and the I main love- event came to WrestleMania. Yep, yep. That you know they started from there. That was the first one, and then you know you had that WrestleMania. But like with that women's Hell in a Cell match, like it was booked so perfectly. Uh, the end, you know, was kind of botched a little bit with the table not breaking, but I liked the whole, like, Mick Foley kind of thing they did with Sasha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that feud, too. Like, I did not really want to see it end. A lot of people were complaining that it was going too long, but I wasn't. But the thing that really irritated me the most about that feud was they constantly kept having Charlotte win that title back. And that, to me, that really wasn't fair to Sasha. She never, still to this day, she hasn't had a proper title on the main roster. Yeah, she hasn't. I just feel like because of her, them losing their titles at WrestleMania to the Iconics, that's the reason why she didn't, hasn't come back yet. Like, she hasn't had a fair title run. And Sasha, Sasha puts her heart and soul into it. Many times she's went through that rope and landed badly on her neck, on her head, on her back, and she still got up to fight and things of that nature. Like, give this woman what she well so deserves, which is a long title reign. Because Becky, Becky's another one. She fought, she she fought her way up. Like, and especially because I watched her 24, like, she fought her way up. She went from no belts to two belts. And, and oh my gosh, like being there in that moment, like I was sad when Bailey and Sasha lost, but then I was happy when Becky won. Like another part of the four horsewomen literally just showed why they're the four horsewomen of WWE. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of crazy because out of the four horsemen, I think everyone at the time, you know, thought that Becky was the one with the least, you know, I'm at a chance to make something of herself. I mean, she's the only one who never won the NXT women's title. And even um, when Paige, you know, turned on PCP, she even brought up Becky being the least relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. She so, wasn't. She did. She was the only one that didn't win the NXT title. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think she would have won it if she would have actually stuck in NXT instead of just bringing her to the main roster. But, yeah, she really started, like you said, started with nothing, you know. And she, you know, when they did that draft, they, she was the first female drafted to SmackDown, and like I figured, okay, well then they're actually gonna push her, and they did. They put that uh, SmackDown Women's Title on her. She didn't really hold it for that long because she but lost. She was the first one to do that as well, right? Hold that SmackDown title, if I remember. Yeah. Yep. She was the first, you know, SmackDown Women's Champion, the only one ever to hold both Raw and SmackDown. So she's definitely come a long way. I'm just, I fear that WWE's gonna overdo it. Because when they when she first you know you know turned heel and all she kind of had that badass vibe to her. Yeah, she's like the female Stone Cold. Yeah, now they she's kind of lost it you know a little bit and you know. I just I don't like it because we know when she started getting popular they turned her face again. And then they right. were doing that whole like her coming from the stands and all that constantly every week and it's once again you know, WWE overthinking it. Of course, they always overthink it. So how do you feel with her, like, teaming up with Seth and, you know, doing these mixed tag matches? I like it, but me and P were just talking about this. I like it, but at the same time, I don't feel like they need to overdo it. Like, after Extreme Rules come, they just need to, like, 
go their separate ways amicably and they just know where they stand. No, that's my man, that's my girl. But then, you know, they don't need to um they don't need to um keep keep it going. Like, I like it for right now, but they don't need to keep it going. Yeah, I don't want this to turn into like a love affair kind of right. and you know, all that kind of stuff. Like kind of like what they're doing with Mike Canellis and Maria. And Maria. I don't want this to be like a storyline where Becky starts, you know, making fun of Seth and they start questioning their relationship. Like I don't want it to be silly like that. Me neither. But I just hope that, you know, this women evolution continues to go on. Um the the women are in such a great place right now that they do not need they do not need to lose any momentum that they're having or picking up because it would be such a waste and such a, a shame. So I really hope that um, Eric Bishop does what he needs to do for SmackDown women's roster, and I feel like um, Paul Heyman needs to do what he needs to do for the Raw women's roster. And when it comes to the wild card, they just know how to work together so that these wild cards, like Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and Bailey and Becky and sometimes, uh, what's her name, the one that's about to fight Becky, Lacey, you know, they all yeah. about they can all just be in the same space. Like the storylines keep going or even get better from what it was on the previous show. Yes, definitely. Cause like I me and uh P addressed it on our last podcast together, but like with the wild card rule, they're overdoing it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's leaking to both, you know, Raw and SmackDown and it's taking away opportunities and now it's like fans are kind of getting tired of the storyline because we're seeing you know the storyline two times in one week and then you're also taking away opportunities for other women right you know like hopefully with paul and you know bischoff you know they'll because i I know they're both pretty smart at least paul Heyman, like bischoff you know his a lot of his you know history is very controversial because he was in charge of wcw when it went downhill right but you don't ECW when it went downhill so yeah it's like you but you don't know how much you know you really blame that on him but I think he'll do fine if he's just running one show I hope so too I feel so who do you think should be the you know the next you know big star in the women's division like who do you think deserves it the most Ember Moon and Naomi (laughs) I'm glad you said that yeah because that uh Ember Moon is definitely my favorite and you know I really hope they do something with her you know, after this whole Sonya Deville and uh, Mandy, Mandy Rose. I think they need to break them up. Mandy needs to turn on Sonya or Sonya needs to turn on Mandy because I'm sick of them together. It's not fair for everybody else to, like, two against one or, like, putting these tag teams together to overshadow Amber Moon's mm-hmm. potential because when she first came up here from NXT, like, the way that I kind of fell in love with her and her Eclipse and, like, how she's dressed and how she moves and her ability even when she um got injured and she kept going like she came to a royal rumble injured from fighting in nxt and she lasted a pretty while before she's eliminated like i don't want them to overshadow her and with naomi like i said naomi is one of the most athletic women in the on the roster and we haven't seen naomi for about two weeks now so um i just feel like they just need to give them that opportunity yeah, because they definitely need to give more opportunities, especially to them. I mean, they're both great wrestlers. And I, I don't know about Ember Moon, but I know there's been frustration with Naomi in the past. I think actually leading up to WrestleMania, and I know her and the Usos were, you know, pretty frustrated. Yeah, I, 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 I don't see – I can't see why they wouldn't be. Like, they're yeah. all talented. They all kind of come from the same family background, especially because Naomi and Jay are married. Mm-hmm. Um. They're like I said, they're all talented. It's like use your use what you have, use the talent that you have because once they start to jump ship and go other places, you're gonna be out of wrestlers. Exactly. Like WWE is not doing what they used to do in Attitude Era or even um that golden era. It's not the same. Like everybody's it, everything is evolving. So they mm-hmm. need to like stick keep up with the times or they're gonna get lost by the wayside. They are because the thing is they don't really have that leverage anymore that they used to have because, you know, with AEW, they have a lot of financial support. They got a lot of momentum. You know, wrestlers are threatening to leave and go there now. And obviously, WWE does not want that to happen, especially with their top stars. I mean, you look at Dean Ambrose or John Moxley now, like look at look at the impact he's making over there. You don't want to see, you know, 
Sasha or Ember or Naomi go over there and start doing that. Right. So, I mean, but the other thing is like WWE, I think this is one of the issues a lot of people don't realize WWE is a big roster of both men and women, and it, you can't push everyone. That's, I mean, we'll push enough, don't push the least yeah. amount. Yeah, exactly. It's just like you can only push so much, but I think, you know, a lot of times they're pushing the wrong people. Like, it's nothing against Lacey Evans, but she did absolutely nothing other than walk up and down that ramp and then randomly she's in, the, you know, the big title picture with Becky Lynch. I don't think she should have been the first challenger for Becky, honestly. Me neither. I feel like Becky dropped some pipe bombs too for husband more so okay. Like with the whole McMahon twins and Mm-hmm. the blonde hair blue eyed stuff like I already know Vince has a type and that's definitely their type and I want to see the feud between Charlotte, Charlotte and Lacey like they turned on each other let them have a shot it doesn't have to be a title shot it can just build up to it yeah exactly I mean I wouldn't really argue with that yeah, where is Charlotte Ben I haven't seen her recently I have no idea I actually posted on t- um, those wrestling girls twitter um, asked the question like, and, and has anybody seen Charlotte? Yeah. We haven't seen Charlotte in a while, and everybody's like, "Well, she works really hard, so it's okay for her to take vacation and things." Like, I'm yeah. not mad at the fact that she's not here, which I get. Yeah. But I feel like once she comes back, is she's automatically gonna be put right back into the title shot picture. I'm just like, exactly. sis, no, like. Yeah, I remember you posted that, and I made a comment saying like, I'm kind of fine with her being away now because when she, anytime she's on TV, she gets the spotlight. And it's like she's, in my opinion, like she's great. She's very talented. I won't take anything away from her. Just like I hate when they have such a strong focus on the same person for so long. And I just want to see something new. Right. Like, you know, I want to see like the Ember Moon. I'm really, I'm a really big Liv Morgan fan. I want to see them actually do something with her. And yeah, I feel like they're not doing nothing because Ruby Riot is gone. I'm just like, that's not fair to them. Well, when they did the shakeup, they kept Ruby on Raw, and right. so she was going to be on her own anyway. I just think they just had no plan what to do with her at all. Yeah, you know what I'm saying they still not doing anything with her. So it's like she just never really, like I said, like after Riot Squad ended, she had no place to be, like nothing to do. Yeah, and it's like kind of it didn't make no sense if you're going to break up the Riot Squad. You know, right, you, you think we want to give them a spotlight? You're right. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, they were a pretty good faction, and they could have kept that and did something with it. Especially now that they have those women tag titles, right. they don't really have many women tag teams. So you would think you would want to keep them together, unless you had big plans for you know any of them as individual stars, which clearly they don't. Right. So, what's your opinion on the women's tag titles now? Um, obviously, we're not really seeing the champs on TV too much. Who do you think should actually be holding them titles? I still think Sasha and Bailey should be holding them titles, to be honest with you. Yeah, I um, honestly thought they'd be holding it in the carrying them in the 2020. Yeah, much longer. They're not defending it. Like, Sasha and Bailey tried everything. They went down to NXT. They did open challenges. They was given opportunity to everybody and then just for them to lose it to um, the Iconics, who now kind of make a joke or a mockery of it when it comes to um, them defending it. They defend them against wrestlers that we've never heard of before mm-hmm. and it's, like it's kind of annoying talent. yeah real local yeah. or even like fake talent i guess yeah exactly like it's kind of making those titles a joke when they were supposed right. to be a big deal right Aren't the kabuki warriors supposed to challenge them soon yeah in tokyo but they're supposed to do tokyo on monday and raw but that kind of passed and they weren't in tokyo i believe so i don't know what happened with that yeah, because I, I really hope they actually put the titles on them. They were I thought this title match was gonna happen a long time ago because right after WrestleMania, that's when Paige, you know, brought up, you know, Kyrie Sane and Asuka. And, you know, we I thought they were gonna win that really quickly. I thought the iconics were just like transition champions. Yeah, but that's not. Yeah, but that it just like really upsets me because those titles are really good looking and that was supposed to be another big thing with the women's revolution. You know, that was the first ever women tag titles and now they just do absolutely nothing with them and it makes no sense at all. I think Stephanie needs to come back and regulate the women's a little bit, the women's evolution a little bit. 
Yeah, I'm fine with them having, like, you know, some kind of female, like, in charge of, you know, the women's division, you know, like, an authority figure, kind of like what uh, Brandy Rose does with uh, AEW. I, I kind of, like, feel like, you know, Stephanie should probably pass the torch to someone else as an authority figure since we've seen her for years, you know, it's like, if she wants to kind of put someone in her place to be, like, an authority figure for the women's division, I wouldn't really argue about that, too. Right. Who would you feel like would be a a good pick for that spot? Paige. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because when Paige was actually GM of SmackDown, she was putting these bomb matches together. Like she didn't. It's not like she didn't care. I guess she because she was the 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 pivotal moment of the women's revolution in WWE. She knows what the fans want when it comes down to the women. So for her to be put back in that position to actually have Brandon right um Brandon opportunities and rights on both on both SmackDown and Raw, I feel like the women can literally soar to heights that they never thought that they would ever be at. Yeah, they're making history, but I feel like with Paige in the picture, they could even make more history. Exactly. She would be perfect for it, too, since, you know, A, she was a wrestler and she was really good. And she also, like, she took that GM role and ran with it. Like, she did Mm -hmm. so good. And she was actually, she's really grown to be pretty good on the mic. Yeah. And she can relate because she's an actual woman. Like, the guys can't really relate. Yeah, exactly. And And she could definitely do that authoritative role, too, because I know she is known for being, like, the badass and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely think that she'd fit very well in that spot. I agree. Do you think that the women have a chance to main event next year's WrestleMania? God, I hope so. As of right now, there's not really much. Sad to say, there's not really much of a women's um, storyline, really. Because the two women... Lacey and Becky are now teaming with their with men. Um, and then we're down to like five minute matches again for the women. So it's just like how can we build them for to rest to main event WrestleMania again next year? Exactly. I don't know if it's, you know, with Rhonda and Sasha not being here or anything like that, but I think if things get heated up during SummerSlam, like I said, if the um Shayna Baszler and all debut and start a feud, I think that'll get things hot again. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I hope I really agree with that. I pray for that too. Yeah, I definitely do. I feel like either Sasha or Rhonda will come back after Extreme Rules. One of them has to come back. Sasha, I don't know if you've been like following her on Twitter lately, but she's been teasing the yeah, crap. I feel, yeah, see, I oh yes, I follow Sasha. She has been teasing on Instagram and on Twitter. And I'm just like, we need you back. Like, we really need you back. Yeah, I think she's definitely coming back because, like, they're, they're, WWE's not going to release her. And from what I heard, that she still has a few years left on her contract. So if she's going to sit out, you know, she's going to be out for years before she can even go wrestle somewhere else. And knowing WWE, they'll find some kind of loophole in the contract and add more time to it. So she's better off just returning, you know, playing out her contract. And then if she's not happy, she can go. But uh, I don't know if it was you or P, but one of y'all posted on your uh, Twitter about them offering her like a big contract or something like that. I think that was me. That no, was it was you. P. It was P. It was P. Oh, okay. Was P. But yeah, yeah I had but... read it. It was P. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. If obviously, they really want her. And if, you know, she comes back, they're going to do something big with her. I think that she'll definitely come back. Like I said, hope probably Raw after Extreme Rules and she'll probably turn on either Becky or Bailey. I mean, either one will be great. And that'll be a big SummerSlam match for her. You know, hopefully Bailey, to be honest with you, because like I said, I want to see Ronda and Becky. So that would be awesome to see them two matches at SummerSlam. Yeah, definitely so. So you're do you think that we've covered everything when it comes to the women's revolution? I think we did. I think we did. I just feel like we have to wait and see where it goes. Like, I'm really excited that the women are not being sidelined as they used to be, mm-hmm. but I just don't want it to revert back to those five-minute matches. That's the only part that frustrates me, but I 
do believe that we covered everything about this women's revolution. Yeah, I definitely feel like we did too. So now that we've, you know, concluded the whole women's revolution, I have a question for you. So unrelated to women's revolution, this is related to your most recent video on your podcast about Twitter being toxic. Okay. In your opinion, what is the biggest positive and the biggest negative when it comes to social media for wrestling, regardless if it's Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you know, et cetera? Well, the biggest negative are definitely definitely the trolls. Um, they can really beat you down. They can really get you upset. They can really just t- bring all that negative, unwanted energy to you, and it'll cause a wrestler to break or feel self-conscious or feel like they're not good enough or bring draw some insecurities because at the end of the day, these are people. They're not just wrestlers. They are human beings. They are feelings. Um, I think the most positive is the fact that it's it's self-expressive. Like, it's self-expressive. A wrestler can post whatever he or she wants, if it's tasteful enough, just to show that, you know, I'm human. I have a life outside of WWE. I, you know, I have this. It makes it more relatable for you to actually like the person as a person, not the person as the wrestler or the character that they portray on TV. Exactly. Like, I understand that, like, some fans get mad when they portray their real life, you know, who they are in real life on social media. I, like, I get it. Like, some people, like, like having, you know, them carry their character over to social media. Like, I know Kevin Owens is pretty big with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like us as adults, we know that they're just playing a character on TV. So it shouldn't be too upsetting to see them be them real selves on Twitter. Like, I understand as like kids, we, uh, you know, I think like most of us thought these characters were real. Like I thought Kane and Undertaker were really brothers and Kane was really burnt, you know, underneath the mask and costume. But we adults know, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal, in my opinion, you know, if they're going to be themselves on social media. And the one biggest thing that I really like, and I, you know, mentioned it in the comment on your YouTube video, it allows us fans to relate to the wrestlers. Like, when you see one of your favorite wrestlers have the same, like, common interest in you, it makes you feel, like, a lot better. Like, oh, like, so-and-so likes the same show, like, that is big reason why Ember Moon is my favorite wrestler because me and her are both really big gamers. We are big Game of Thrones fans. And even on her podcast with Lillian Garcia on Chasing Glory, she talked about how she was bullied mm-hmm. growing up. You know, I had that same issue when I was in middle school. So it feels good knowing that, you know, they're humans, they like and do the same stuff as us. You know, they had, you know, issues, you know, growing up, you know, for whatever it could be. So it's like, and even like, I don't know if you ever listened to um, uh, Lillian Garcia's podcast with um, Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. I've I always liked Zelina Vega, but after hearing her podcast and seeing, you know, hearing about like who she really is and all, I, I started liking her eat a lot more. You know, because she portrays this heel character on TV, but in real life, she's a really nice person yeah and just like and it's funny too because she actually really didn't know much spanish she's been learning from andrade and he's been learning english from her so i thought that was pretty funny and that's a really cool thing yeah that's it that is cool and then like you know i agree with you with the negatives like the trolls like there's not even with uh wrestling just in general like people are just so negative and so rude and disrespectful like i see so many comments like i don't really read comments that much anymore just because you know there's always these really ignorant people who leave mean comments like i've i've seen people say stuff about like nia jackson's weight and even the other day i saw a comment you know on a a video wwe posted with the whole like ember moon and mandy roasting they were saying i hate her you know she needs to get off tv you know, how do you think she's going to feel if she sees that? You know, like, maybe she won't care. I don't know. But, you know, some some of these wrestlers, they see that, and it makes them really upset. And even if they don't see it like us fans, like, I hate seeing that. Like, I hate seeing people do that kind of stuff. Right. Me too. But trolls are trolls, and you can never, like, not be around a troll. Like, those wrestling girls, we have trolls all the time, and mm-hmm. I'm the one who, who more so face them more than P, because she's more of the nicer of the yeah. two, but 
once it comes to a point where you're just going to be straight up disrespectful, that's when I step in and say, um, yeah, no, you're about to be blocked, deleted, moved away, like, don't follow us or whatever. But that's how I because, like, I'm not as, like, nice as P as, like, she mentioned how she, like, apologized to someone because apparently, like, her and him kind of exchanged a few comments. I'm not that kind of person. I mean, I'm not going to necessarily get into a war with someone on social media, but, I, you know, if you're rude and disrespectful to me or someone else, I'm not going to apologize. You know, I feel like they don't deserve that. Right. Yeah. Me, me neither. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just really annoying. Like, even um, a few weeks ago, I think it was at um, the Stomping Grounds paper, either that or Raw after that, I posted, like, a GIF Remember, like, when Batista came back and he was yelling at Triple H, give me what I want? Yeah. I found that gif, and I was like, we want Sasha. And some random person who didn't even follow me commented on it. He's like, it's not all about you. No, not everyone likes Sasha. It's like, really, dude? Like, don't comment. It's not for you. Yeah, exactly. Like, I like Sasha, and I want her back. Like, if you don't like her and all, I respect it, but you don't have to... Comment. Yeah, comment and be ignorant like that. Right. So, I mean, like, with social media, it is what it is. You know, there it has a lot of benefits to, you know, WWE. Like, it allows them to advance storylines. Like, you all mentioned the 24-7 title. You know, we could see a title change on Facebook. Like, I think that's really cool. I mean, we're in that time, you know, and they were in that era where social media is a big thing. So, obviously, WWE is going to utilize it. That's yeah. just how it but then, you know, like you know, said, there's the negatives and there's the really ignorant people. So it's it's good and it's bad at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so um, I definitely I want to thank you for joining me on my podcast today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely means a lot because I'm still trying to get off the ground and all that. So it means a lot for you and Pete to guest host in my podcast and, the, you know, to help out. So it's, it's really appreciated. No problem, of course. We're still trying to get up off the ground, too, so we all got to come around and help each other. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's a community. It's not my podcast versus your podcast. It's, you know, we're a wrestling community, and, you know, we need to support each other. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's very appreciative. You know, the offer is always on the table. If you or P or both of you together want to, you know, come in and uh, co-host one day, that would be great. Of course. I don't think neither one of us... I know I don't have a problem, and I know she won't have a problem with it. So, you can definitely look out for those wrestling girls co-hosting together with you on your podcast. Yeah, that'll definitely be fun. We'll just have to find a good topic and, you know, set a date. Of course. Of course. All right. Well, Krista, you have a great day, and it was a pleasure having you on here. Thank you. You too. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye.